Hey, welcome to the C3 Church Victory Podcast. We pray this message will inspire you and activate your faith. Thanks for joining us. Happy Mother's Day. I love Mother's Day. Mainly because I'm a woman. Father's Day is all right too, but I would like to wish every woman here today a big happy Mother's Day. Uh, Our our hope today is that you would feel blessed and honoured today in the house of God. God loves mothers, God loves women and men, but he created us, so he better love us. Right. Well, I hope you had a lovely morning. My kids were up at the crack of dawn this morning just itching to give me something in bed, but I told them they had to go back to bed because I needed to get up early and get ready for church. (laughs) But they helped make me a beautiful breakfast, didn't you, buddy? It was French toast, he would like you to know, with strawberries and bananas and coffee. It was beautiful. So I I hope you guys online, I hope you got something special this morning and spoilt by your beautiful children. But um, before we get too far into it this morning, I actually just want to especially honour someone here today who's played a really big role in my life, and I know many people um, who are here this morning would say the same. Um, I would like to especially honour Pastor Janet today, who, yeah, give her a round of applause. Why don't you stand? Can we honour Pastor Janet today? (laughs) I love you, Pastor Janet. She is amazing. Don't make me cry. I'm not allowed. You can cry, but I'm not allowed to. You can sit there. And <laughs> she is just the embodiment of Jesus. I just love you. She's been a spiritual mother to me, and I know to many others here. Um, but you're also just a beautiful mother to your own kids and your own grandkids. And I know that that never ends. <clears throat> right? Once a mum, always a mum. And these guys have walked through so much in their time and the legacy that you have left and the faithfulness that you have shown encourage us all to to do the same. So thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Um, Also, I just wanted to to take a moment and just acknowledge that um, sometimes Mother's Day can highlight um, certain sadness or pain. Um, I'd like to acknowledge every woman here, whether you're a married mother, a single mother, mothers-in-law, mothers of one child, mothers to multiple children, stepmothers, foster mothers, adoptive mothers, spiritual mothers, and mothers whose babies never graced the earth with their presence. Anyone who has played a role in raising someone in the next generation, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So whether today is a happy day and a celebration for you, that's wonderful, or whether it's... um, can be a bit more of a difficult day for any number of reasons. We love you and we see you, but more importantly, he sees you. Amen. Nicola Yude, can you please stop texting me while I'm trying to preach? Thank you. What's she saying? Let's see, I'll call her out in person. (laughs) I won't call her out, that would be nasty and I'm a good friend. Well, (laughs) today um, is Mother's Day, obviously, um, and I thought, what better opportunity than to take a day to talk about one of my favourite people in the Bible who is a woman, and her name is Hannah. And many of you might know the story of Hannah. She was the mother to Samuel, um, who went on to become one of the great priests in Israel. Um, But actually today, we're going to talk around the topic of worship. 
And uh, there are many different types of worship. We all know that. Pastor Darren and Pastor Beck would say that worship is many things in their marriage seminar. Um, Worship can take place in many different ways and places, but I want to specifically talk about the way in which we worship God through music. Um, As a collective group of people, all in the same room, at the same time, for the same reason. Now, I started worship leading when I was about 16. If you've been here long enough, you'll have seen me up here worship leading as well. Uh, And that means that I've been doing this for about 20 years So if you can do some quick math, you'll figure out how old I am. Um, And so what I thought I'd do this morning is let you in a little bit to the life and musings of a worship leader. Hey, does that sound okay? (laughs) I'm going to give you what I call the stage view. From up here, what we see on a Sunday morning. Um, You know, as a worship leader, it's our job and the whole band is to create an environment of praise and life and an atmosphere of worship that you can just step into without much effort. In Ezekiel, he talks about a river that flows from the house of God. And our job up here is to tend that river. And we can take your hand and we can lead you all the way to that riverbank. All the way. But we can't, we can't get you in. We can't make you get in. Sometimes I want to give you a little shove in the river. Just a little sneaky elbow just to push you in the river. But that's our job here. It's to create this, this river and to, to tend it and to protect it and lead you hand in hand to the bank. But we can't get you to make the choice in. You've got to make that choice. Sometimes, no, no, I'll skip past that bit. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what we see from up here. I'm going to give you a stage view. I made a little list. We see it when you come in late and try and sneak in the back doors with the coffee that you could have gotten earlier and made it to church in time. (laughs) We see it when you've just had an argument with your spouse because one of you comes in in a flurry And the other one saunters in a little bit late with a coffee, a little bit sheepish and you might sit a couple of seats apart. That's okay. We're here for that. It's all good. We see it when you've had a tough morning with the kids before you got here and you're trying so hard to get in that river. (laughs) But you've got that one kid attached to your leg and they just won't let go. I see you. That's me. That's me down the front with Oakley who will not... Just let me worship. Let me be free. (laughs) We see it when you think the music is too loud. We see that, yeah. We see it when you like the song we've chosen and we see it when you don't. (laughs) Is this too harsh this morning? You're okay, you're all grown ups, you're okay. We see it when you've had a pre-service coffee and we see it when you don't. We see the sneaky praise tools that sometimes come out of your handbag. Oh, silence. One time I visited a church that had a resident shofar blower. Does anyone know what a shofar is? It's this big long horn thing and they used it in the Old Testament. I I don't even know where you would buy one of these things in 2022. This guy came to church and he blew his shofar. It sounded like this. Do you want to do it? 
that's really off-putting. Don't bring a shofar to church. A little while ago, Pastor Janet, you're going to love this one. A little while ago, we had someone bring out a sword in church. Can I tell you how off-putting? Hello, Nick and Daniela. Hi, so nice to see you. Oh, these guys are great. Um, Sorry, you distracted me for a second. It's really off-putting when you see someone pull out a sword in the fourth row and you don't know whether it's real or plastic. (laughs) Pastor Janet was here that day and she very lovingly went and addressed that situation. Thank God you were the pastor then and not me. (laughs) Holy dooly. No joke, that day I was like, Jesus, am I going to die today? Is today the day? (laughs) In the 90s, um, we had a charismatic revival and it was so much fun. Does anyone remember that? Was an internet? Yes, they were the days, weren't they? Uh, We used to have people running around in circles in our building and we had um, pot plants decorating the church and we used to pick up the pot plants and put them on our head and then we'd just run laps around the church building. It's praise. Hey, it's all good. Jesus likes that too, I think. (laughs) We've seen the beginnings of romantic relationships where hands are joined for the first time during a shared worship song, their favourite one. Maybe we could do that again today. Just look look who you're sitting next to. (laughs) Today could be your day. But the most beautiful thing we've seen and really what we live for in these moments is when we see someone truly encounter Jesus and have a moment where they're just simply pouring their heart out to God and receiving something in exchange for that offering. We often refer to that moment as the great exchange. We lay down something and we pick something else up in in exchange. That's the moment we live for as worship leaders. So there you go. There's your little insight into what it's like to be a worship leader. Did you like that? Great. All right, so we're going to have a look at the story of Hannah today. And um, like I said, she's one of my favourite mothers in the Bible, but she's also one of the most stunning pictures, I think, of someone who truly knew what it meant to worship. Um, Now, many of you probably know the story of Hannah in the Bible, so I'm just going to paint a picture for you um, if you aren't fully aware of what that story um, was. So back in the Old Testament, there was a man, man named Elkanah, and he had two wives. One was called Peninnah or I like to call her Penny, and the other one was Hannah. Penny was able to have children, but Hannah was not. Um, Now, Penny is our mean girl. She's really nasty, and she is really mean to Hannah and rips her off that she can't have kids and, like, flaunts her own children around her and thinks she's awesome. Um, But Hannah's really depressed about the fact that she can't have children. She's been asking God to give her a baby, but hasn't yet received her promise. And Elkanah tells her to stop being so sad and says, Hannah, you have me. Isn't that better than 10 children? (laughs) Can I just say, don't say that to a woman who really wants to get pregnant. (laughs) Such a man thing to say, isn't it? But you've got me. Don't do that. Um, Okay, Hannah wants to have a baby and nothing else will fill that desire in her heart. And I just wanted to say there might be someone here today who has that deep desire for something, maybe even a baby yourself, and you know nothing will complete that desire until you receive the promise from God. That's okay. That's okay. So basically they all head up to Shiloh 
where they have a sacrificial meal and they worship at the tabernacle. And Hannah goes up to pray. And we've got a scripture up here. It says, it's from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. It says, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer me my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. Long story short, the priest at the tabernacle, whose name was Eli, sees her praying and worshipping the Lord and she's in an absolute state. He thinks that she's drunk and goes and rouses on her, just like Pastor Janet did with the lady with the sword. I'm going to call Pastor Janet Eli now. But Hannah explains her situation and Eli responds with a blessing saying in verse 17, in that case, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you the, the request you have asked of him. And I just want to prophetically declare something today over you. Whatever that desire is in your heart today, bring it to God. Surrender it to him. And may the God of Israel grant you the request that you have asked of him. So Hannah ends up falling pregnant. It's a miracle. It's wonderful. And gives birth to a son called Samuel. And she does exactly what she promised the Lord that she would do. She brings him to the tabernacle. And she lets him go. She gives her promise back to God. The ultimate letting go and the ultimate act of worship. And I've called this message, Worship the Art of Letting Go. Now, the the word worship um, actually simplified. It comes down to this, worth-ship. And very simply, It just means giving worth to something. So you put that in a worship context here at church and we are putting worth on God. Now, worship is a lot of things, but today I wanted to talk about it as the art of letting go and letting go of control, letting go of our hopes and our dreams and desires and placing them at the feet of Jesus with a heart of surrender. Letting go of inhibitions just like David did in the Psalms. For me, worship is letting go of my own selfish ways and allowing myself to be completely and utterly in awe of the one who saved me, the one who died to set me free. And there's a physical expression to that. If you're new to church here, let me just explain uh, why we do what we do. We, we sometimes probably could look a little bit crazy, but we sing and we dance and we clap and we raise our hands all as an outward expression of what God has done on the inside. We raise our hands as an act of surrender to God Almighty. And when you have experienced the goodness of God, His faithfulness, and when you know where you could have ended up, there's really no other option. There's really no other option than to lift up your hands and tell Him how grateful you are and how completely undone we are by the grace of God. And that's my prayer for us as C3 Victory. You know, we talk about um, our distinctives and there's five of them, I think. I should know that. There's five of them. Um, And if there's not, I'll add one on later. (laughs) But we talk about one of those distinctives as we as C3 Victory are full of life. You should know that by now. We are full of life. But can I tell you something? That statement is a prophetic one. We are full of life, but we're also becoming full of life. Okay, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. You thought you were there. You're not. 
I'm not there either. It's okay. I dream of seeing our church full of people who are so undone, so undone by the goodness of God that they just can't help themselves but lift up their voices and shout praise. A church that just can't help themselves but lift up their hands in worship and sing out thanks to God for what He has done for them. And maybe you can't jump like you used to. Maybe those hips gave way a little while ago and maybe it hurts to stand up. That's okay. You can do something. You can open your mouth. You can raise your hands. You could put your hands. Has anyone seen that funny picture of all the different hands? Um, and what they, like this, what's this one? This is like the, the goal, the footy goal. I can't remember all of them, but they're funny. <laughs> you should look them up. This one's like the, this is the surrender one. We should do like worship dance classes. <laughs> Everyone do the surrender. Three, four. But listen, you can do something. You might not be able to do what you used to be able to do 30, 40 years ago. That's okay. You can do something. You can, you can outwork this physical expression of what God has done on the inside of you. Now, listen, we aren't, we aren't up here performing. This team, this creative team is not putting on a show. We aren't here to do a sweet set of songs that just make you feel so good. You didn't buy a ticket to be here. Thank goodness, because I'm sure some weeks you'd want your money back. <laughs> just the weeks I'm on, that's okay. Everyone else is fine, it's just me. <laughs> Can I tell you, we're just a bunch of people that just love Jesus. We just love Jesus and we're doing our best to draw you in to the presence of God. And for me, there's no place I'd rather be. And if we're going to talk about worship as the art of letting go, then that means letting go of our pride. It means letting go of our comfort. Because we are just so in love with Jesus, we can't help it anymore. The outward expression of worship requires some participation. I'm sorry if this is challenging you today. You can talk to the Holy Spirit about that. I wanted to share a story. Where did Addy go? Oh, great. He's just on the loo, everybody. <laughs> Could be a while. <laughs> I checked with him before. I, I wanted to share this story um, to make sure that he was okay with it. But um, I've learned that there's two types of people in the world when it comes to throwing things away. There's your hoarders and your sentimental types. And then there's the ones who are like the Marie Kondos of the world and everything's decluttered and simplified. And I have managed to raise both extremes. Basically, Nate and I are the embodiment of both extremes. I am the, if it doesn't give me joy, it goes out. And if Nate's around, he will, actually, you've come a long way, babe. Yeah, he has. He has come a long way, but everything's sentimental and we don't want to throw anything out. And oh, but that washer was really special when, it, when the kids were little and we used to wash their little faces with it. Oh, chuck it out. No, not that much. So Evie and I, Evie's my five-year-old little girl. She and I are like, see ya. The goldfish died and she's like, I'm not sad. Addison's bawling his eyes out. She's like, What's wrong with him? Hey, bud. 
<laughs> but Addie does not like throwing things out. So we have a cupboard and a folder and we keep all the special things in there, but some things we just can't keep because they're too big. So Addie was about four years old and council cleanup was coming around. Who loves council cleanup? My favourite time of the year. Oh my goodness. I, like, I look it up on my phone. I'm like, how long? How long till the next council cleanup? I've got stuff stashed under the house. I'm like, Nate, you know that, that, and that needs to go out. Good, because I've got new stuff coming in. It's good. Addison does not like council cleanup people, okay? He was four. We had a trampoline, which was like a metre by a metre. It was tiny. And it had the, the big net over the top and it was a pirate one. So there was like flags hanging off. It was really cool. He loved this trampoline. He was so cute. And he and Evie would bounce on it together. It was really cute. But that thing was pretty cheap. And um, after a little while, it started to get rusty. And the poles ended up rusting so much that they bent they broke off and just left these sharp, rusty bits of metal sticking out. Does anyone have one of these at home? <laughs> it was in a bit of a bad way. And I was like, it's cool. We'll just get rid of it. It's fine. Oh, sorry, the planet, Earth people. Just check it out. It's all good. Anyway, I said to Addie, I had to do some pre-work. I said, listen, mate, this thing is actually going to hurt you if we keep it. We need to clear it out. We need to make room because one day we might be able to get a new trampoline and it might be bigger and better and it's going to be so much fun, right? And he was like, yeah, okay. So the day came and we put this trampoline out on the curb and every day he'd go to the window to watch, to see whether it had been collected or not. And every day he'd wake up and go, oh, it's still there. Okay, it's okay, it's good. I'm okay, I'm okay, nothing to see here. And then the day came and we could hear the truck coming up the street and he started getting a bit panicky, like, oh no, the time's come, I've really got to let it go this time. And he said to me through tears, I just don't want to say goodbye. I said, okay, sweetheart, what, what can we do? What can we do to make this easier for you? And he said, I'd like you to take a video of me jumping on my favourite trampoline. <laughs> and so we got the phone are you crying? Do you miss that trampoline? Oh, sweetheart. Happy tears, because we got a new one, didn't we, sweetie? Yeah. So we got the phone out and we went down to the curb and he had a, a little jump on the trampoline as, as much as he could, because it was so broken. And I'm filming him and he's holding onto the side going, ah, 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 I love this trampoline. Ah. We took the video and we had to watch it every day. Oh, it was, a, it was a good trampoline, wasn't it, darling? Yeah. But eventually, it left. And we were okay. We were okay. Amazing, right? Oh, dear. But listen. <laughs> Council cleanups are now a bit of a sore spot <laughs> in our house. And so we have to do a lot of pre-work, guys. Soon it's going to be council cleanup. We're not going to throw out your teddies. It's okay. But if something's broken, it's okay to let it go. But it's not always easy, is it? We know that it's good for us to make room in our life. We know it's good for us to just lay things back down and surrender again to Jesus. But it's not always easy. Here's the other thing. Worship. If we're coming back to worship, it's not always upbeat and loud and 
exciting. Sometimes worship can be a muttering or a cry. I wanted to read this scripture from Job. It should be up on the screen. Chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Then Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. Now of that scripture, Lisa Harper made this comment. The socio-historical context of Job tearing his robe and shaving his head means that he wasn't faking it. He wasn't wearing a happy face and pretending to be fine when his heart was eviscerated. Now, if you'd, I had to look that word up. Eviscerated, does anyone know what that means? I'll tell you, because I Googled it. Eviscerated, it's like being disemboweled. Just let that paint a picture in your, in your mind of your heart being eviscerated. He was honest with God about his ache, but he was also able to worship Him while he wept. This means that contrary to popular belief, confessing pain and expressing praise are not opposite ends of the appropriate behavioural scale for Christ followers. Listen to this. Sometimes a hallelujah that's punctuated by a sob is actually sacred. Have you ever experienced a broken heart and raised hands at the same time? I know I have. It's the art of letting go. It's being okay with pouring your heart out to God, whether in celebration and thanks or with that sacred sob. Bill Johnson um, on Instagram the other day put this video up and he was talking about grief, but actually I'm gonna switch the word grief out with and replace it with worship because I think it's fitting. He said this, Worship is a skill because it requires honesty and abandonment to the one who is trustworthy. There has to be a point at which I say, I don't know what's going on here, but I give myself complete, completely to you because you are the only one who is absolutely, perfectly trustworthy and I trust you. Songs give us the language that we didn't even know we needed to be able to express our hearts to God. And that's why I love worship because when you're tired and when you're empty and when you're worn out and you're dry, when you're on the mountaintops, when you're celebrating, when God has answered your prayer, when you're in the middle of a battle waiting on a promise to be fulfilled, there are songs for every occasion. And I've learned Amy Thorpe, She's gone out. She and I have this like special game that we play at work in the office and it's being able to find a song that fits every conversation. So we might just randomly break out in song mid-sentence because there's a song that's in the recesses of our brain. I love that. There's a song for every occasion. They help us and they give us the language to express what we're feeling on the inside. And I picked out a few of my favourites today. We could be here all morning with Jukebox Joel who knows every song under the planet and they're all amazing, all of them. But there's one off the new United um, album called Delightful. And just listen to these lyrics. These have been written by people who have the gift of beautiful poetry and the written word that not all of us are graced with. Some of you are. Listen to this. I know there'll come a day when we sing upon these ashes how your beauty made this valley so delightful. And we'll laugh upon that mountain, how this Everest of grief became our dance floor. Isn't that beautiful? 
Brandon Lake sings, so I'll throw up my hands and praise you again and again, because all that I have is a hallelujah. Matt Redman gave us a classic. (laughs) Who remembers Matt Redman? He's still around actually, he's doing well. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. Come on. Through the way things appear, you're looking into. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. Whoever that was, thank you. That was beautiful. You should join the creative team. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Rita Springer sings about God as our defender. All I did was praise. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. Hallelujah, you have saved me. So much better your way. Hallelujah, great defender. So much better your way. And I could keep going, but I won't. Coming back to Hannah. She knew what it meant to truly worship. She was willing to be broken and to pour out her heart to the Lord to the point where she looked like she was drunk in front of other people. She didn't care. She also knew what it meant to live a life surrendered to God, letting go of her son in an act of worship. But you know what I love about this story? Later on, it talks about how after she brought Samuel, and she obediently let him go. God actually blessed her with another five children. God will multiply what you release to Him. And I'm just, I'm so desperate for us as a church to, to get this, to really get this. Because getting this doesn't mean we just dance and we throw up our hands and act like crazy people just for fun. You can do that at home, that's fine. What it means is that we as a church have come back to that place of first love. Where we remember what Jesus did for you and for me. It's where we fight our battles. It's where we declare His promises over our situations. It's where we sing about how He has been so faithful to us and He's not once let us down. And you know, this morning I felt like the only true appropriate response to this is to spend some time in worship. So I'm gonna ask the band to to come out. And I wanna challenge your thinking on something for a second because sometimes it's okay to have to remind yourself (laughs) that you love Jesus. Just like in a marriage, you might not feel like it all the time. But we have to remind our soul that He has changed my life. He is the one I've given my life to. And we're just so grateful for His faithfulness. So let's be a church who knows how to praise and how to worship. Find your own way of expressing what that looks like. Just not with a sword. If you wanna bring a sword to church, there's a really good church down the road actually. It's another C3 church too. Pastor Garth and Jamie would love you to take your sword to C3 Rhythm City. <laughs> but can I tell you, when, when you allow yourself to, 
to participate in that worship. Do you know what happens to the people around you? You actually give them permission to do the same. Because if you're tied up and you're tense, and I get it, you know, at the start of the service, it takes a bit to warm up into it. But by the end of the service, there's, there should be a freeness and there should be a, just an ease. We've spent almost an hour and a half in the presence of God. That should be easy then by the end of the service just to go, Jesus. Jesus, we're so thankful. It should be easy. And it is easy, but it's okay to need to remind your soul of all the good things that God has done and allow yourself to be completely abandoned. Thanks for making time to hear this message today. We encourage you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au. 